Today's episode of The Lutheran Cartographer is brought to you by Audible. Get a free trial offer with a free audiobook at audibletrial.com slash Lutheran Cartographer. The Lutheran Cartographer, episode 24. Welcome to The Lutheran Cartographer, the podcast where we explore what it's like to be Lutheran in different places. I'm your host, Nicholas Weber. Today we are joined by Pastor Timothy Fitzner. He is the Associate Pastor of Trinity Lutheran Church in Normal, Illinois. Pastor Fitzner, welcome to the show. Good to be here. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you ended up in Normal. I am originally from uh, the great state of Minnesota. I grew up on a, a dairy farm, so I'm the first pastor in my family. Went from straight from high school to Concordia University in St. Paul and did my undergrad there, majored in theology, which they tell you not to do that, but that was the only uh, uh, degree that they offered that I was interested in, and then went straight from there to Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne and graduated in 2008 and had my first call to a uh, dual congregation in West Central Iowa and served there for nine years, and then just about three years ago got the call to Christ Lutheran and Normal to be the associate pastor. Excellent. So tell us a little bit more about Normal. Help orient us geographically. Where are we in Illinois? Normal, Bloomington Normal is uh, kind of the, they call it the Twin Cities of Illinois, which being a native Minnesotan I find hilarious. Uh, (laughs) And uh, we're about... Two hours, just a little bit, two hours uh, south of Chicago and about two, two and a half hours from St. Louis. So we're almost smack dab in the middle of the state of Illinois, uh, about 45 minutes from Peoria, about 45 minutes from Champaign-Urbana. So just about in the middle of the state. I see. So tell us a little bit more. So you've mentioned that you've been in Iowa and in Minnesota. Help can compare and contrast those places with normal. What would you say are some of the distinguishing characteristics of where you're at now compared to places you've been in the past? In Iowa, it was a small rural community. Uh, one of my congregations was seven miles north of town out in the country, and uh, the rural community has really been decimated in the last oh, 50 years or so. A lot of farms have uh, closed up and uh, been lands been bought out, cattle sold, hogs, whatever. Uh, so it was it was struggling in some ways, in other ways it was uh, it was uh, doing very well. Uh, but that was a huge difference uh, coming here. To, uh, Normal's a university town. Uh, Illinois State is here, uh, which is where the town of Normal gets its name. It used to be called the Normal College. Uh, so it's, this is a university town. Uh, Bloomington is uh, a sister city, which is actually where I live, and it's. It's quite a bit larger. Uh, town that served in Iowa was about 800 people, 850, and Bloomington Normal uh, is about 130,000 people. So it's quite a big increase uh, population-wise, but also business-wise. Uh, State Farm is headquartered in Bloomington. Uh, they've got quite a few uh, very large buildings, so a lot of corporate uh, country financials here. So uh, it's, a lo- it's a really big combination of blue-collar and white-collar workers compared to Iowa, which was very blue-collar and a lot of uh, agriculture-related, at least where I was in uh, West Iowa. I see. So when people think about Illinois outside of Chicago, they tend to think that it's more rural, but it sounds like this is pretty, still pretty metropolitan where you are then. 
there's definitely uh, other metropolitans outside of uh, Chicago, uh, Peoria, Champaign, uh, Bloomington Normal, Springfield. Pretty large cities, uh, not as large as Chicago, obviously, which has the vast majority of our population, uh, over 9 million in that metro area. So the rest of the state has just over 4 million. So it's a little bit more like Iowa than you would think. But when everyone thinks of Illinois, they think of Chicago and big metro area, which is we've got a decent number of, of agricultural folks in our congregation, even here in town, uh, oh, that are in farming, uh, in the uh, farmer's market. So we've, we've got a, a few farmers uh, still around. Okay, excellent. What are the best places about, what are the best things about being in, in Normal? One unique feature of Bloomington Normal is it has the largest uh, amount of restaurants per capita in the country. Uh, so for us, it's, it's a strange claim to fame, but there are a lot of restaurants in this town. So there's, there's no need for cooking at home hardly at all. There's something for everyone from all over the world. Uh, I was not expecting to find that when we came here uh, three years ago, that, that we would have that uh, largest selection. But it's, it's pretty unique. Uh, it's a little bit odd, a little quirky, but it's, it's pretty neat, though. Yeah, that is pretty neat. What are some of the other interesting or good things about being there? Honestly, the people. Uh, you, th you think of Illinois, you think of uh, Chicago, you think of uh, uh, some of our past uh, governors and politics, and it's not always the greatest, but uh, there's very little of that here. Uh, the people in Bloomington Normal are just wonderful people, uh, very caring. Uh, we have... Uh, We've had a recently uh, one of our seminary professors from Fort Wayne come and visit, and he just was in awe of the hospitality that this congregation and this community showed to him uh, when he was here. And, and I've seen it, too. Uh, um, and my wife will tell you the same thing. That is just a very loving, wonderful community to be in. Great schools. We've got a great Lutheran school here uh, at another church in our circuit. So it's wonderful, wonderful people, very caring, very loving. We just, it's just awesome. Excellent. So what are some of the challenges about being a normal? Some of the challenges is uh, with State Farm being such a big presence in the uh, employment community is we get a lot of people that move in and out of town. Uh, we've lost in the recent years, we've lost members because they're transferring them to other hubs in uh, Texas or Arizona or Georgia. Uh, so they're really expanding the business there. So that's a, affected us uh, as a congregation. Uh, and also the uh, university in town. Uh, we don't do campus ministry here, but we do have a campus ministry center on uh, the campus of Illinois State. Uh, so we've been helping to support them financially as in other ways as well, uh, ministering to the students. So that's a that's been a challenge. Uh, th that's been an exciting challenge, actually. Uh, trying to get into, uh, or I should say, back into campus ministry. The campus ministry was originally started, I think, back in the 70s uh, when our church was located closer to campus before they built this current facility. And so they really had a, a pretty big tie-in with the campus ministry uh, back 70s, 80s, even in the 90s. And then we moved out here a little further out. Uh, to build a bigger facility. so But that's been exciting to get back uh, involved with them. 
That is exciting, yeah. So let's talk a little bit more about not only that, but other parts of your ministry. What's it like being a Lutheran in Normal? It's not all that unique uh, to be a Lutheran. Uh, We have uh, one of the largest churches in the Synod in Bloomington, Trinity Lutheran. Uh, So they're very very large presence. They're the ones with the Lutheran school, which we support. Uh, and send a lot of our uh, members uh, send their children to that school, uh, which is a little challenging at the same time because we do have really good public schools here, which is great. Um, so we have some pretty decent sized congregations in Bloomington Normal. Uh, so we're definitely not in the minority. Uh, we do have a few uh, large non-denominational churches in town uh, that they get a lot of pull. Uh, even from some folks that are maybe not as well catechized or as well grounded in our confessions. Uh, it's not too much of a challenge, but it pops up every now and then. So, But uh, we're, we're a Midwestern state, so uh, the Lutheran Church is pretty well represented here, uh, even in the heart of Illinois. So you've already started to mention what it's like to raise a family there. Expand a little bit more on that. You mentioned the nearby Lutheran schools. What other aspects of raising a family would you tell our listeners about? Uh, the the uh, neighborhood we live in is on the south side of Bloomington, and it's, uh, it's very uh, family-friendly. I have four children, uh, ages uh, 18 months to uh, five, so they're all very young and the children, the kids love it. They were in swim lessons and uh, t-ball last year, and just lots of opportunities for uh, activities for lots of parks. They've got a great trail system here in town that they continue to expand on. It's called the Constitution Trail. Uh, so, a lot of activity going on with uh, with children, with youth, uh, with opportunities. So we've got a, a I don't even know if it's a triple A baseball team called the Corn Belters. Uh, go there at least once a year with a church group to watch a baseball game. So a lot, lot going on in a town of 130, 140,000 people uh, that you might not expect to see. But there's there's quite a bit to do and to keep kids act, uh, active. We've got uh, two great libraries that my kids love to go to and uh, I love to go to. Uh, so it's it's a pretty wonderful town. Excellent. So it sounds like it it's kind of almost what people imagine what most suburbs would be kind of in some ways the best of both worlds where you can connect with a lot of people and have those deep connections but there are also a lot of things to do kind of thing is that a way of thinking about it or a good summary of what you just said yeah it's kind of a a, almost a big city with a small town feel i mean we've got the a big city festival every it's packed just packed with people but it just felt like to me having grown up in a small town of less than 400 people and growing up actually outside of the uh, town on a farm, that's what it felt like, just with more people. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so let's switch a bit and talk about what sort of hidden gems or good things that you would recommend people see or do if they're in Normal and in Bloomington in the in the other Twin Cities. <laughs> in the other Twin Cities. Um there are some uh, uh, Abraham. He had a law office in downtown Bloomington that's still there. It's actually currently a restaurant uh, called Rosie's. Uh, but there are some uh, plaques and different information about Lincoln uh, when that when his office was here. Uh, there's also the uh, McLean County Historical Museum downtown, it's the old courthouse on the square, which is where they had the farmers market on Saturday mornings too. Uh, so those are great fun. And then of course the Corn Belters, great whatever league they're in. 
And we've actually got a lot of uh, little small breweries in town, which is kind of fun to go around to those. All right. Which which of those breweries would you recommend? Uh, my favorite one is Distill. It's actually just north of the church here, about five or six blocks north of the church here, uh, up towards Menards. And so it's it's probably the most easily accessible one. And out of all of them, it's probably the biggest one. All right. Excellent. What um, you mentioned the two libraries. Are there other family activities that you'd recommend? Yeah, the uh, Children's uh, Museum. Uh, I think it's called the Children's Museum in Uptown Normal. Uh, it's three floors of just fun activities for kids to play and learn. And it's we love going there with the kids uh, as often as we can. Fantastic. All right, good deal. So let's step back a moment and talk about your ideas in general about uh, moving to places for Lutherans. What both ba- pastoral and general advice would you give to somebody who maybe has gotten a job offer from State Farm or another local business and is thinking, well, should I be, should I be considering a move? What kind of things would you point them to to start thinking about? Well, for us, when we got the call here, it was uh, looking for things that are familiar, uh, like even something as simple as a bank. Uh, we we did a lot of banking with Wells Fargo when we lived in Iowa. There's no Wells Fargo bank here. So something as simple as that uh, we had to think about. And it wasn't a big deal by any means, but we had to think about that. And restaurants, things that are familiar, things that make it feel like home. And I remember when we were still deliberating the call, I had gone to a, a local grocery store called High V. Uh, to get some uh, Chinese takeout. And I got home and I said to my wife, is there a high V in Bloomington normal? Are we going to be able to have our high V Chinese anymore? And we immediately got on the computer and found that, yes, there is a high V grocery store in Bloomington, so we can still have our Chinese food. So something as, something as silly as that, uh, just finding those things that are familiar to you uh, that can still make it feel like home. I see. So kind of the idea that you're making this big shift and if you can kind of have that home as you go with kind of familiar touch points, that's an excellent thing, yeah? Yeah, for, for my wife and I, that was that was uh, very helpful and even a little bit comforting to us. Okay, we're, we're uprooting our family, moving from Iowa to Illinois, and we don't know what we're getting into, but we have these familiar things uh, still available to us. Okay. Let's take a moment for a word from our sponsor. If you've got a lot of downtime right now, there's no better time to start a new audiobook. And you can do that with Audible, the sponsors of today's show. Their free 30-day trial comes with a free audiobook that you get to keep. Check that trial out at audibletrial.com slash lutheran Let's get back to our guest. We talked about before we started recording that, you know, in this life, there's no perfect, there are no perfect places, but there are better places than others. Uh, how would you think, encourage Christians to think about whether or not they should consider a move to somewhere else as they think vocationally about serving their neighbor where they are, and now all of a sudden, oh, there's a job offer or there's some reason to go somewhere else? How would you encourage Christians to think about that? Well, that's a pretty deep question. Um, thankfully, we've got the Missouri Synod has churches all over the country, 
now does that mean that they're necessarily going to be a good fit for you? That's another question, unfortunately. I think having that familiarity with things, like I said, helps, but that shouldn't be your only consideration, obviously. Uh, but finding a good, solid congregation, uh, a, a good pastor that's going to care for you spiritually, uh, as well as a congregation that's going to look out for you physically uh, in all aspects of life, because uh, we're, we're not just a soul wrapped in a body, we're a body and a soul. So there's both aspects to that. Uh, we, we see that with Jesus all the time. He cares for people not only spiritually, but he cares for them physically. He feeds them with five loaves of bread and two fish, uh, and also teaches them. He has compassion on them. He is moved to uh, have compassion for their sheep, like sheep without a shepherd. So, so finding a good congregation uh, and a good pastor is is it's probably not very high on most people's list, but it really should be on the list somewhere, uh, if not a priority, to be able to be continue to be fed by the Word, to be uh, have your faith strengthened by the sacrament of the altar, uh, and to not have to worry about, okay, what's going to be coming out of the pulpit? Uh, what's, going, what's going to be coming out of the classrooms of the church? Uh, if I call, am I going to be, and if I'm in the hospital and I call, is the pastor going to be there? Things like that to consider, which, again, aren't, aren't usually very high on people's priority list, but it should be on there somewhere to be fed by the Word, to be fed by the sacraments. Some of our listeners, some might say, well, I'm not a. I, I haven't been to seminary. I'm not a pastor. How can I properly assess whether or not what's coming out of the pulpit is good? Uh, funny you ask. We ju- I just had this conversation with a pastor uh, yesterday or uh, Monday, uh, and we were talking about that because the gospel lesson for this Sunday is the Good Shepherd text uh, from John 10 about my sheep hear my voice, and I posed the question to the guys, uh, "How do you know the voice of your shepherd?" And my answer to that, to my own question, was your cat, the small catechism. Okay, that that is the the layman's Bible, as our confessions call it. That is the sum sum and substance of the scriptures to hold up, and it's a simplified, simple explanation of Christianity, of what it is. So you, you don't need a college degree or a seminary degree uh, to to be able to do that. All you need is your catechism. And it doesn't even need to be the, the big, thick theological tome uh, that they put out with all the questions and answers. Just the simple, basic catechism that Luther wrote in 1529 that many of our many people have committed to memory because their pastor made them memorize it in confirmation class. That's your basis. That's your starting point. So if you know that and you can reference that, you can, you can adequately judge, okay, is what I'm hearing from the pulpit— and the practice and the uh, worship that I'm seeing and participating in, is this true biblical Christianity? Is this solidly Lutheran, or is there something else going on here? So that your catechism is uh, the best, simplest resource for anyone, and it's accessible to anyone. I mean, my five-year-old knows the Ten Commandments by heart already, so don't tell me kids can't memorize or that an adult can't do it. My five-year-old can do it. Anyone can do it. Yeah, absolutely. And I would encourage any listeners whose pastors didn't make them memorize it to 
put that on the calendar to, to just bit by bit start memorizing that. It's a wonderful way of immersing yourself in, in the summary of God's Word. And most of our listeners, uh, Pastor Fitzner, are Lutherans, but we should take just a moment to talk about, for those that aren't Lutherans, what the small catechism is in terms of uh, some conversations I've had with, especially American evangelicals, are like, oh, well, you're holding that up as, you know, as better than the Bible or as more important than the Bible. What What is our position as Lutherans in terms of what the small catechism is and isn't? The small catechism just flat out is not by itself scripture. It contains a lot of scripture, uh, such as the Ten Commandments, uh, the Lord's Prayer, uh, citations from Mark on baptism, uh, uh, other uh, epistles of Paul, uh, the words of institution uh, from the Gospels and from St. Paul, so that it contains a lot of scripture. But the catechism is the the summary, the most basic summary that just pulls from the scriptures the six basic chief uh, Christian teachings of the scriptures from the Old and the New Testament, and that's basically what it is. So it's we don't hold it up above scripture; uh, it is held uh, underneath scripture as being uh, ruled and judged as the so as the scriptures as the only so only source. Uh, rule and norm uh, for all Christian teaching. And the Catechism is that basic summary. This is what it is to be a Christian in six simple little points. Yeah. All right. Now, as we start closing out the podcast, I want to make sure that I give you a moment to talk about the things that you'd like to send our listeners to, places to follow you online or uh, Christ Lutheran's website. What would you like to point our listeners towards? Uh, our church website is ChristLutheranNormal.org. Uh, so we've got uh, a lot of different resources up there, especially right now. We're doing a lot of live streaming of uh, matins, uh, and we were doing some evening prayer and vespers for uh, Lent and midweeks and Holy Week, uh, but we're continuing to do live stream for matins. We're also on YouTube. Uh, you can find summaries of our, uh, or not summaries, but uh, the, the sermons and the readings for each Sunday. Uh, from myself and from our senior pastor, uh, so that's be the that'll be the first place to go. Um, trying to think, what else? Uh, a lot of great resources out there. CPH has a lot of wonderful resources uh, available right now uh, for free, which is phenomenal. So we are looking forward to uh, hopefully going to higher things this summer in Missouri. Uh, they've got a lot of great resources on their website too. So that uh, hopefully the uh, the uh, stay-at-home orders get to expire and we can uh, all convene in Maryville, Missouri, for a Higher Things conference this summer. Because a lot of the kids I've talked to here recently, uh, a lot of their summer activities have been canceled, and uh, they've said uh, if Higher Things gets uh, canceled, that's I got nothing left. So they're they're really looking forward to Higher Things. Absolutely, yeah. I, Pastor Nauman from Scarsdale, New York, also really mentioned how good Higher Things was, so we'll definitely point listeners there. We should also mention that we're recording this on the 22nd of April, and by the time you hear this, dear listener, I hope that things have changed and that you're no longer in lockdown and crazy things are no longer happening, but we'll, we'll see what happens next. <laughs> yeah, that's 
kind of we're keeping a close eye on what our governor uh, has to say here if he's going to continue that or not uh, hopefully by april 30th it's allowed to expire and we can start to get back to normal a little bit here in normal yeah <laughs> good deal all right thank you so much for your time what are your parting thoughts for your our listeners today just keep hearing hearing the word, listen, listening to Christ, hearing the voice of your shepherd, and follow him uh, to his cross, to his empty tomb, to to his altar. Uh, hear the hear the voice of your shepherd, and hearing the voice of your shepherd, who uh, he has authorized to proclaim to you the forgiveness of sins, and give a rousing amen to the proclamation and the forgiveness of sins. Amen. Thank you again for your time today. God's peace. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Lutheran Cartographer. If you'd like more information about the things that Pastor Fitzner talked to us about today, check out the show notes page at lutherancartographer.com slash 24. I encourage you to check out that Audible offer that comes with that free audiobook. That's at audibletrial.com slash lutherancartographer. Last, before you go, make sure that you're subscribed to the show on Stitcher or on iTunes. That way you don't miss an episode. And while you're there, I'd appreciate it if you'd leave a rating and a review. That way we more people can hear this show. Until next time, I'm Nicholas Weber. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you soon.